Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today I will be doing a play-by-play of Miss Volunteer America. I just want to start by saying this was one of the best pageant productions I have seen this year thus far. I was so blown away by Pageants Live they did. It absolutely should have been on TV. It was so flawless, so clean. There was never a question or confusion about what was going on. They were absolutely on it. Miss Volunteer America, I feel like is going to be that next it pageant that every girl wants to win. Starting off, let's just get right to it. I loved how they did opening number. They had a singer, like a live singer come in. I did not catch her name, but I think she was from Florida. And I was a little surprised with being in Tennessee and especially right near Nashville. They were in Jackson, uh, Tennessee, being near Nashville. I'm not understanding why they didn't just walk into a honky-tonk and grab anyone off the stage because I've been to Nashville and those honky-tonks and they sound, if not better, just like the people that sing those actual real country songs. So I was kind of surprised they didn't have someone more local. But the girl was phenomenal and they had own little backup dancers with her on stage. So it was a very great opening to the pageant. Immediately, they started by having the girls come up to the mic, explain who they are, kind of their background, their career, what they're doing, where they're from. And then boom, they started, you know, rattling off A through Z, all the girls. I want to say there was 47 Miss contestants, which is amazing for an inaugural year pageant. Like that is absolutely awesome numbers. Phenomenal. So after intro of the contestants at the beginning, they knocked it down to a top 15 and did a plus people's choice. So they made sure from the beginning you knew who people's choice was. And I actually like that. It's not that it's calling someone out. These people have donated and, you know, to get their girl into the top 16, basically, that one extra spot in that top 16. So I think it's nice to, you know, say like this girl's family or this girl's support group like raised all this money for her to be here. Like, let's give her probs because you never know. Like I've done pageants where parents give tens of thousands of dollars for their girl to get into that spot. So it is really important to recognize them. But I'm also glad they told us who it was because I honestly, I couldn't pick it out from the beginning. I was like, who would have been? Like, who's going to be the top, you know, 16th place of the people's choice? You just couldn't tell. So I'm glad they did tell us that. So after they did the top 15, they let them run back to do fitness. And the girls that made it into the top 15 were South Carolina, Indiana, Florida, Tennessee, Texas, Alabama, New Jersey, New York, Utah, Rhode Island, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Georgia, and Kansas. They had gorgeous dresses. They were ready to hit the stage. So they started off by introducing the judges, which the judging panel was a very diverse set of judges from very different backgrounds, which I respected. And of course, I wrote notes. So one of them was a professional ballet dancer, Kirk Ryder. The next one was Miss South Carolina USA, Megan Gordon, who was a previous Miss Collegiate America. She has done a lot. A foundation owner, Joy Crockett. Miss Tennessee USA, Ashley Durham Booth. 
a former Dallas Cowboy cheerleader and a gymnastics person, Leah Goodwin, and a PhD author with 29 years of pageant experience and also in the fitness industry, Larkin Page. So I thought it was great that they were hitting almost every area of competition with their judging panel. I think that is so important. And they also had the Miss USA 2004 as finals night MC. So after they did all of the introduction of judges, they rolled straight into fitness, which was 20% of their score. And the one thing I really liked that they added in there was their little like blurb of what fitness meant to the pageant system. And it said it's not about shape or size. It's about energy, health, and wellness for physically and mentally for each contestant. And I thought that was really important to add in there because a lot of people were fearing that this was going to be the new Miss America. But no, like these are different systems. Miss Volunteer America has different things that they want for their organization that Miss America does. It's a completely different system. They just happen to have swimsuit. That's okay. There's no issue with that. And the new thing is you have to remember what healthy looks like. To you, it can be different than what I think. So whatever it is to you, as long as you're confident in your body and your swimsuit that you pick out, go for it, girlfriend. There is no one holding you back. So don't let swimsuit be a hindering point of competition for you. That should be where you feel the most confident. Or if you're looking to feel confident, you know, find someone that you see has done swimsuit before and ask them, like, how do I get the confidence you've had? Maybe they'll have some good tips and tricks on that as well. And we can definitely do a, you know, how to get ready for swimsuit episode on the podcast in the near future, because that's something like I'm having to learn myself is getting ready in a healthy way for swimsuit for my next endeavors. After they do swimsuit, it was, oh my gosh, these girls looked amazing. Let me just say, the swimsuit walk that Tori Sizemore had, Miss South Carolina Volunteer America, oh my goodness. Like, I literally have a video of it. She walked like a dream. She strutted it with confidence, and she was just so poised. It was amazing. As well as Miss Oklahoma, oh my goodness, she was so fit, and she looked so good and so confident. Like, I was like blown away, and that is really one of the new things I like about fitness is they're okay with you being muscular. Before it was, you had to be so skinny. It was skinny, skinny, skinny. It wasn't, I am a fit, muscular person. Like that was not the normal thing. And Chesley Crest brought that into the world of pageantry of being this muscular, fit track athlete, you know, that's normal and that's okay. And people were, you know, doubting that for so many years. And I think that was one of the things that the issue that people kept saying, oh, she was too muscular. No, she looked amazing. She had such a rocking body. Like that is the new standards of pageantry is I want to look fit. I don't want to look skinny. And I think that was one of the best things that she really did add to the pageant world was showing off that muscular athletic build that she had. And it's absolutely beautiful. It absolutely was. So I appreciated seeing muscular fit looks. Like that is the new it thing. Going after swimsuit, in between each individual competition, the owners would talk about the sponsorships they have with, you know, Visit Jackson, Tennessee, or just different ones that had sponsored the pageant, which I really appreciated. Instead of it just being in the program book, it was verbalized. We are very grateful for your contributions to our pageant. We're very thankful you believe in us. Like, we're so glad to have you here. Here's our sponsors. And I really appreciate that they did that because not many pageants talk about their sponsors. They'll say, oh, like, here's a list of them. But they're not actually thinking them. They just say, oh, here's 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G, thank you. They don't say, thank you for contributing this to us. Thank you for donating a $1,000 scholarship for this event. They don't do that. And so this pageant did that. And that was so awesome. I'm so glad they did that because it brings those possibly new donors into the pageant because they see, wow, we're actually being represented. Like that is so awesome and so nice of them because they don't have to do that, but they take it, take time out of the pageant to thank those sponsors. Then they also had a princess program. So they had the volunteer princess program, which a few of our little babies, Stokely Rollins was in it and Tegan Morris was in it. Oh, the cutest little girls ever. I'm not sure how it went down because I know a few of our girls were from Tennessee or from Florida and they had different titles. I wasn't sure how that side went out of it, but I was just glad that everyone had a princess. They all had a princess. And so during the week, you can see the little girls had fun with them. They got to hang out with them. They got to do signing cards with them and get every girl's signature on their info cards. It was so adorable just to see that they incorporated the little princess program back into Miss Volunteer America, but even just a big pageant at that, having those girls there, it really is changing their lives for the future. And I think that's such an amazing part that they added to the pageant. So after swimsuit, they called it down to the top 12 semifinalists and they competed in talent. First, they had Miss New Jersey, who was a singer, and she sang Somebody to Love by Queen. And let me just tell you, this was the most entertaining theatrical singing performance I had seen in a while. She looked awesome. She was so into her song. It was very moving, and she was one of my absolute favorite talents. And then you had Miss New York singing Unity, also another beautiful song. Louisiana, she was a jazz dancer. She had a little slip up, but she definitely covered it up and she just looked amazing on stage. Like you couldn't take your eyes off of her. Then we had Indiana singing Les Mis, you know, a great opera singing. You know, we always love a good opera moment. Georgia, she sang her own rendition of a love song. I did not catch the name of it, but it was amazing. She had previously won a talent bowl earlier in the week. Then we had South Carolina, Tori Sizemore singing If I Ain't Got You. Tennessee dance, I put two stars next to her. She was awesome. She did a remix or a montage of songs from Michael Jackson. She looked awesome. She was so entertaining. It was one of the best dances. She also won a prelim award for talent. Then you had Alabama doing an acro out. out. Then you had Alabama doing acro. She had one of the blow-up trampoline mats on the stage, and she did a bunch of tumbling passes. It was amazing. She had to at least be a gymnast or a college uh, cheerleader at Alabama. I'm not sure where she went, but she had to do something, because if not, her talents were wasted, because she was so good at it. She was absolutely amazing at tumbling. Then we had Arkansas singing I Love You. And then we had Rhode Island doing piano, which was also very entertaining. She looked like she probably did the America system. Like she just had that perfect look when she was doing the piano. She knew every way to look. She did her hands perfectly, threw them up in the air at the end. Like she had to have done Miss America before because she was on it. She knew what she was doing. And then Utah, this was the most 
amazing dance that I had ever seen. It was so good. She had done uh, Small World was her song, and I had two stars next to her as well. Well executed. She had really long leg lifts and nice twirls. And then we had Mississippi on piano, and that was the best piano, I think. And I had two stars next to her as well. So my my standout girls for talent were definitely Tennessee, Utah, and Mississippi, as well as New Jersey. She still had the amazing theatrical singing to Somebody Love by Queen. So then after that, they gave the girls some time to switch into their evening gowns. But in the middle of that, they talked about who were some of the non-finalist winners for interview, talent, public relations, academic awards, community service awards, and Miss Congeniality. So I really appreciated how they actually said this on stage. I've competed in the America system before, and usually it's done at a gala or behind the scenes. They don't really tell you up front who it is, or especially on stage if there was a non-finalist talent award. So I really appreciate that. And each one of those girls got $1,000. And so for the non-finalist talent, it was New Hampshire, which she actually got to perform her talent because they did not have a previous reigning Miss Volunteer America. They allowed her to do her talent on stage, which I thought was amazing. She looked so good. So I absolutely understand why she got the non-finalist talent award. And then for the non-finalist interview award, it was a tie between District of Columbia and Wisconsin, which I really wish that they would show like full on interviews of people who won. However, they did a a really cool clip together montage of just kind of explaining the Volunteer America system that went together with everyone's interview. Like somebody had brought it up at some point in their interview, or they must have asked them all the same question. And they just clipped everyone's together. It was such an amazing video to see how proud these are wanting and how they are competing for the system. So that was really amazing to see as a viewer. Then for the Public Relations Award, Miss Texas won that one. The Academic Award was won by Miss Connecticut. Community Service by Miss Mississippi, who was still in the top 10 at that point. And the Miss Congeniality was Miss District of Columbia. So after they said all of those awards on stage, they did a parade of gowns, which this is absolutely my favorite part because for those girls who have spent hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars on these evening gowns, you want them at least to get their stage time. Yes, you see them in prelims, but if they don't make it to the finals, that may be a, that may have been the last time you were going to see that dress on stage. So I really appreciate them doing a parade of gowns and oh my goodness, the dresses that they had in there, I was definitely writing down some ideas for sure. They looked so great. But it was just kind of funny that they had a live band the whole time. So that was great. I've never seen a pageant do a live band before. So that was something brand new. And it just sounded like fancy elevator music, which I thought was kind of funny. But it it worked. It sounded great. It went well with the girls walking and the evening gown and the parade of gowns. So it was it worked really well. But I did appreciate them having a live band band. That is something so new, so fresh, and I really appreciate it. They They definitely pulled out all the stops for this year. Finally, they called out the top 10 for evening gown. They had Indiana, South Carolina, New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Louisiana, Tennessee, Mississippi, Georgia, and Utah. I'm telling you guys, that was such a hard group, but there were some surprises in that top 10, but you have to remember that 
you don't know what their interview looked like. And so they may have not had, you know, the best talent out of the group, or they may have not been, you know, on point for that night. But that interview score really could be, you know, a 10 out of 10, and you just don't know. So that was really interesting for me. You never know going into it what is really going on behind the scenes. So you just kind of have to be open-minded with their picks for the top 10. So then they did their evening gown walks. Everyone looked amazing. One of my standout gowns that I still absolutely loved was Utah and Mississippi. They just had such unique gowns. Mississippi had a velvet black dress with almost cheetah print rhinestones. They had like browns and gold color and her earrings cheetah print in rhinestones. That was the crazy part. And then Utah, her mom actually made her dress, which was absolutely surprising because it looked like a professional, like hundreds of thousand dollar gown. Like it looks so expensive. And for her mom to make it, it could have been, you know, hundreds of dollars, but that's just so sweet and something that you can hold close to your heart of like, yeah, my mom made this dress. Like that's just so sweet. I've had that kind of dress, but the judges did not like it. Moving on to the top five, I wrote down questions and kind of a synopsis of what their answer was for these. So don't quote me, but this is basically what they said. So first in the top five was South Carolina, Tori Sizemore. Her question was, being a motivator and self-starter is a big deal of being Miss Volunteer America. What is the biggest hurdles of being Miss Volunteer America? Her answer was along the lines of making sure we're communicating, being in person and online as well, just to be seen. Partnering with state and board and colleges and meeting with women's group is the best way to kind of promote the Miss Volunteer America system. So it was a great answer. Everyone, just looking forward, everyone had really good answers. Next, they had Utah in the top five. Next was Utah in the top five. Her question was along the lines of, how can you help Miss Volunteer America be a part of ending the misleading ways of the media? And she's talked about being transparent and encouraging people to educate themselves and to get them to trust us. That is the one big thing that people are going to want to join us if they trust us. And so I thought it was such a great answer for her to say, because it is that inaugural year. It's how do we want to get that positive light out through the media? And she said it perfectly. Be transparent. Encourage people. Educate themselves if something they don't understand. Next, we have Miss New Jersey. Her question was, how can Miss Volunteer America help a stressful situation And her answer was health first. We need to listen to our scientists and our doctors and advocate for ourselves and definitely work on mental health because mental health matters. Next, we had Mississippi in the top five. And she said, or her question was, what could Miss Volunteer America do to change diversity and inclusion? She talked that she had already come up with toolkits to promote diverse demographics and have regional recruiters of all ages and backgrounds to get the Miss Volunteer America name out there. So I thought it was interesting that she was already thinking ahead. Like, it doesn't matter what happens this weekend. Like, if I am, I know what I'm going to do next. So I thought that was a great way to answer her question. Then we had Tennessee. Her question was, how can Miss Volunteer America use social media to market ourselves. And she talked about posting three times a day, interacting with audience, and she had 
mentioned that her social media had a 70% increase. Let me tell you something. So I am an FBI agent is what I like to call myself. And as soon as she said that, what did I do? I opened up social media. I wanted to see that if something someone said on stage was true. And I went back all the way since she won and I couldn't find the three posts a day. Maybe she was doing an Instagram post, like an actual picture in two stories maybe. But I was... I was on the stock and prowl because I'm one of those people that you better have the backing up to your answer. I was just, I just wanted to see if it was true. I didn't look up her increase, but I assume so because once you become a pageant title holder, everyone just starts following your social media. But just a tidbit going forward for anyone listening. If you're going to say something in an onstage question or even in your interview, you better have the data to back it up. Because if I can look simply on social media, and I'm not bashing this person, I am not doubting her, she could have posted things and I could be 110% wrong and I will absolutely accept fault. But just know if someone asks you something and they, you know, they may have trust issues like I do, (laughs) they're going to go look it up. So you better say the right things, the true things, the true answers. Don't give them fluff. Don't give them just what they want to hear. Be honest. It's okay to be honest. And I think that is an absolute great way is by posting three times a day. It has proven there is statistics shown, you know, posting on specific days. I was a PR and marketing manager for a startup company. I know this, like posting on Tuesdays in the morning or, you know, after 4 p.m. is a good time to post on social media. And there's different algorithms for different sites. So using hashtags or doing reels without the TikTok logo on it, putting it on Instagram. There are things to do to absolutely get your your audience interaction up or increase your, you know, videos being seen. However, you better back up exactly what you're saying you're doing because if someone can look it up and see you didn't do that, that's awkward. Just saying. So next they moved into just Talking about a few of the non-finalists that were right close in the next five spots is what it looked like, but the people they recognized were Pennsylvania, Ohio, Virginia, Nebraska, and North Carolina, Delaney Crenshaw. And so after they did the top five questions and they talked about the, there was five more non-finalists that they wanted to talk about, they then did a last look talking about the girls overview, just how they had explained themselves in the beginning, where they went to school, what they do as a job, what their platform is, which I really appreciated them doing that last look where I don't know if they were judging at that moment. I assume they were probably doing some sort of last minute judging for them, but it really did show, you know, what this girl has done, what her platform is and kind of who she is. And I really appreciate that as well. And again, after that, they thanked all of their sponsors again and again and again for making it possible to have the first ever inaugural Miss Volunteer America. So I just really, again, they thanked all of their sponsors the entire time, which is what you should be doing. That's how you get people wanting to come back year after year on that sponsor list. But overall, it was just so professional. It was such a well-done production. The owners were doing some of the emceeing at some point, and it was so great. And just a 10 out of 10 for the entire pageant. I really, this is one of the best ones I have seen this year, and I will continue to say that again and again. But 
to the real good part that you guys want to hear before we log off today. What was the top five placements? So, in fourth runner-up, we had South Carolina, Tori Sizemore. Third runner-up was Tennessee. Second runner-up was Mississippi. And the top two were New Jersey and Utah. And ultimately, Miss Utah won Miss Volunteer America for their inaugural year. It was so amazing. She was the one I mentioned that her dress was made by her mother. She just looked like that all-around, well-rounded person. And you could just tell she was happy. She was genuine. And so they had, you know, of course, the confettis and the sparklers. The one question that I had that I just didn't notice until the next day at her photo shoot, they didn't give her a sash on stage. They gave her a crown, they gave her a scepter and some flowers, but she didn't have a sash. That's what my one big question was, where was the sash? But the next day she has two sashes. She has a black sash that says Miss Volunteer America and then a white sash. So of course, you know, I was doing my digging, my FBI agent self, but you know, guys, it was such a great pageant. I was so happy that I was able to even watch it on Pageants Live. I hope next year to see it on live television because it is a bang-up production and they absolutely have it going on. So I rate Miss Volunteer America definitely a 10 out of 10. So you know what, guys? You never know what happens in the future. So I guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowning Moment. Bye, guys. (laughs) 